What's up, magical human? Hey, if you're like me and you want to create a bigger impact on the world, why not share your knowledge and talents with others? Welcome to the podcast where I share marketing strategies, product creation tips, and real life stories of how women all over the world are using their knowledge and creativity to build a life and business they love on their terms. I'll share with you over a decade of knowledge and show you how you can take what you already know and do and package it into a digital product like a course, membership site, or digital download that sells globally. I'm Amy Jo, and you're listening to the Digital Magic Podcast. Today we're talking to Amanda Asioli. She's one of my buddies from online. We met in a Facebook group. You've probably heard me talk about her before because she is a boss at organizing your business and helping you set up systems and strategies to really help you increase your income, bring in more clients, and sell more products. So here we go. We are going to be talking about really easy ways that you can tweak little things in your business that can really help you optimize your time and really increase your income. Here we go. All right. Hello, Amanda. Welcome back. And I'm saying welcome back because we've chatted before. And I know I've said this a few times on the podcast before, but Facebook groups are just magical unicorns where you can connect with the coolest people ever. And that's, I don't even know where we connected, but I know it was in a Facebook group. Right? I don't even know which one. It was in the Facebook <laughs> interwebs. And yes, we it's now just, became besties from Facebook. And it's lovely. I know. We've never met in person. We need to, like, someday. And you're down in Florida. Someday. Disney World is calling my name. <laughs> like, yes. Anyways, yes, we need to meet at some point. But I am excited to have you back. So, Amanda's actually uh, one of the experts that we have in the Digital Magic membership. She is just a fabulous person. And I can't wait to dig into the the topic we were talking about today and we were talking all about organizing your business to scale and a lot of people think like yeah I'm just I'm gonna scale my business and hop into it and but they don't have the organization the little bits of nuggets that can really help them take their business to the next level so um, before we get into that topic if you will just give us a little bit of history on you who are you what do you do <laughs> wonderful yeah absolutely uh, well, as Amy Jo said, my name is Amanda Osceoli. I actually grew up in Nebraska, but I now reside in Tampa, Florida uh, with my family. I am married and I have two lovely children. I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. Um, so Amy Jo and I chat all things children when we're not chatting about business. Um, <laughs> and I come from a corporate background. So I was in corporate finance for uh, just shy of 10 years. I left uh, right at about the nine-year mark and that experience now that i've been out of it for almost a year has really allowed me to understand how i've translated those skills into the online entrepreneur space um, so in corporate i started out really in administration transitioned into operations some training and then and then ended my career in sales so i've had a bit of everything um, but in the financial industry it was always just really intense so I learned so much so quickly uh, across all areas, which that has allowed me to um, have extensive knowledge to help other entrepreneurs build, build their business now. Um, and so I've been working from home for a little over, well, I started my business two years ago and I left corporate last summer. So approaching the one year mark of doing it full time, which is great. That is awesome. And congrats right around thank, the corner. Thank you. you should have like a party, yep. you know, I know. one year mark. That's so exciting. 
Yes. Um, so one word that you said that really just like hit me and it just immediately brought back flashbacks was intense and how you were in a intense corporate job in that transition into entrepreneurship for you. And for me, I was in an intense sales job and I transitioned to an intense working for myself job because I didn't have things set up, you know, in 2015, the way that they are now. Just anyways. So that intense word, I know a lot of people are going to feel that yes. on an emotional level. And so can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how did you make sure that how you were setting up your business, you weren't setting up, setting it up to be intense 2.0? <laughs> Yes. And, you know, there's been some bumps along the way, but I think because I, I was able to easily spot it, then it allowed me to take a hot second, step back, create a system or a process, and then continue to move forward. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the first things that happened in my business was I was getting on a lot of discovery calls with prospective clients. I was just really good at connecting online so I could get enough people on my calendar. Um, the simplest thing was just adding in a scheduling link, right? I just needed to have a way to have people get on my calendar without me manually doing it. But the bigger part of that pro and that was easy. That takes, you know, five minutes to set up. I hope most of you listening by now have heard of Calendly. If not, there you go. But the too. next part of that, that really became overwhelming was now I have all these proposals that I'm sending out and I did not have a process or a system. I had a template that I like to use and I usually customized it per client. But what was happening is I would get off a call and maybe I had a few other calls or maybe I would get bogged down with something else and I couldn't get that proposal to the client in the timeline that I really wanted to. Um, the, the second piece of this is that I know in sales, people make decisions off of emotion. So if I'm sending my proposal hours or days after that discovery call, the chance of me closing that business is now much smaller. Um, so that was, again, now I'm just kind of building that story, but that was the problem that I knew I had to have a system in place so that I could one, close it on the call, right? Be, be confident enough to know my, my offer, my pricing and pitch them on the phone. And then I don't worry about it. Or, or the second is that they may not close on the phone and then have a very clear process of how I'm going to follow up. Um, that's one of the first things that I teach really anyone that I work with is you've got to have the most crystal clear process of knowing how you can close business in the fastest way possible. Um, again, as you know, you've been in sales, people make decisions with emotion and then back out of it off of logic. So if you can keep them in that emotional place, offer your services, continue to touch on those pain points and then tell them how much it is and how you get started you're going to have a higher likelihood of closing that business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, it's something that takes a little bit of time up front, like get your contracts ready, get your, you know, proposal, whatever it is that you're sending to your people, have that ready, like the basis of it. And then even if you're still on the phone with them, be like, Hey, I'm going to send this over to you right now. Let me know what you think. We can talk through it. And you know, something so simple like that can really make a huge mm -hmm. difference in your, I know you talk a lot about the bottom line to make a huge difference in your bottom line and your income. And it's, you know, like, like we said, it just takes a little bit of organizing, you know, to set the systems up. And so I really love that. I mean, I'm having so many flashbacks right now from 2015 <laughs> because I didn't have that either. Like you're totally speaking to that person in me where, you know, I'd be on the discovery call. I'd say that proposal and be like, okay, I'll send it over, run over, like type up, you know, 
add in the things to the contract, type up that proposal an hour or two later, send it. And it's just like crickets, where'd they go? You know? And yeah. instead, if you have a process that's super easy, that just flows, not only is it easier for you, but it looks better on the flip side for the clients right. who are receiving. So, right. Awesome. Yeah. And I learned that a real life example of this was actually a client, uh, one of my first um, virtual clients where I was m more doing the done for her type of work. Um, but I was in her operations team and she was an executive coach. So her proposals were high end, like 50,000 or above was the cost of a proposal. But what I realized is that she was a creative. She also was a perfectionist creative. So she wanted this proposal to just be like mm -hmm. the stars are aligning and it's beautiful and wonderful and great, but she might send it a week later. Mm -hmm. um, that was where I started to work with her in the first time of you're basically offering the same things. Sometimes it was tweaked here or there. How can we build your offer so that it's always the same thing? Right. And maybe you add in something here or there specific to the person, but for the most part, she was offering year long executive coaching packages. So that should more or less look and feel the same way. Um, and so that was what she was able to do. She was able to eventually be confident enough with one main proposal and then she could pitch it on the phone and say, well, this is about what it looks like for 12 months. We'll meet, you know, every two weeks, the investment starts at $50,000, what she could basically pitch on the phone and then we would you know figure out the details after but um it changed her business drastically because she could now close more business yeah yeah make it seamless and i know one of the big things you talk about is going from a la carte into what you're basically talking about like this package yes. that is super similar across the board as far as the clients that you're working with and yes. do you have like action steps to do that or what are your favorite nuggets if, if someone's like listening and they're like well i offer this and this and this and this and they can package these two together or they can do this what would you say to them yes um so <laughs> i'll give a few examples uh one i like to give the example of a photographer because typically a photographer works a la carte where I have seen the most successful photographers is when they are not a la carte, but they're putting enough into their proposal that the value is just irresistible, right? The, the prospective client is saying, well, gosh, I get this and this for only this much price. That's like mentally what you want the client to be thinking. So for a photographer, instead of just saying, well, you know, the, the session fee is 250, and then if you want, you know, all the photos, it's another $150. And if you want prints, it's $25 per photo, whatever. Decision fatigue, boom. All I'm gonna do is book my session and buy the minimum amount of photos and get the hell out of there. <laughs> that's all that's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So instead, if you present your package of, well, you're gonna get the hour long family session, I'm gonna include 25 digital images already, and I'll give you the choice of a print of one eight by 10 and the price is $400. I don't know, whatever. Um, it's just a different feel on the customer side because they're not feeling that nickel and dime. How much is this versus how much is this? You're basically lumping all of the value together and then setting the price. Right. Uh, where I find people struggle the most is when you start to go a la carte, what the, the customer is doing is they're, figuring out your hourly rate. So if you were to say, well, the hour long booking session is $250. The only thing I'm thinking is, holy crap, I have to pay you $250 and you're only going to work for one hour. 
That's not the reality, right? Because now your photographer right. goes back, they have expense. to edit the photos, they have mm -hmm. to put them in an online gallery for you, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, so that, that example can change across any service provider that's out there, right? You right. could use it for a bookkeeper, a copywriter, uh, a coach even, all those kinds of things. But mm -hmm. if you can get yourself away from the client trying to figure out what's your hourly price and more into, oh my gosh, I get all this value for only this price, that's when you develop that irresistible offer, which is one of the main things that I teach on. Okay. So I love everything that you just said. You, uh, the example that you gave is perfect too. Um, you know, sometimes when we are, you know, putting together an irresistible offer, what we want to do is make sure that whoever is buying from us, our clients, our buyers, whoever, whoever is purchasing from us, they see what we have put together as an investment in their self in their business, um, you know, something that gives them the warm and fuzzies. And when they are seeing like, oh, that's how much you charge per hour, they're seeing that as an expense. And it's pretty much, they're gonna walk away, you've lost them. So, yeah. you know, the package example that you gave is, is perfect. So I really, really appreciate that, thanks. <laughs> and I think it's even why, I mean, I do offer uh, pricing plans for most of my work, but to an extent, I won't give you every pricing plan under the sun because it comes back to the same type of theory, right? If people are going to break it down to the hour again, for example, it, it, you just lose, you lose the overall value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, and maybe this is something you could answer too, because I do see a lot of resistance sometimes when people are like, well, I have all of these offers. Like, that should mean more money, right? Because I'm offering things at all these different price points and, and something that you said was decision fatigue. And it's scientifically proven that decision fatigue is a thing. And when I discovered that, I texted my husband and I said, never ask me what's for dinner or what are we doing for dinner again? Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't plan that far ahead, you know, most nights. And I'm, my brain is already done by the time it's like four or five o'clock that I'm just going to make whatever. But if you're asking me like, what should we do for dinner? My brain goes, like brr, boom and just shuts down because I just I'm dead and so decision fatigue you know think about that you want your offers and what you're putting out there to be easy wins easy yeses to make total sense to be seen as that investment that you're you know versus the expense and and yeah I really I love that you said decision fatigue because <laughs> it's it's totally a thing <laughs> It's totally a thing. And, and I think uh, when you can put yourself into a really good example is when you start to understand it, right? So for those of you that are listening, think of a time when you were offered a product, a service, you were at the store, whatever. And at some point you gave up and you said, screw it, never mind. I'm just, I'm not going to do anything um, because there's just too much information, information overload, decision fatigue, and, and the only solution is to give up. So if that's yeah. what's happening with a prospective client, that give up means they're not going to purchase from you now and maybe not ever. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to poke at this a little bit more too, because we're talking about offers and irresistible offers and using that decision fatigue with that, but this goes across the board. So if you're posting on social media, if your website doesn't tell your people exactly what you do within like the first two to three seconds, they're going to be like, Ugh. they're not going to go searching. Like it's just too much. You want to make things as easy as possible. And I see this on Facebook, um, you know, where someone will post something where it just like reels me in. I'm just like, 
dang, that was really good copy. And I'll go over to, you know, maybe their personal page or their business page. And I can't find a website. I can't find anything. And I have no idea like what they actually do. And I'm just like, this is too much. I got to go over here. I don't have time. And so, um, you know, really think about that as far as how you're presenting yourself online, how you're presenting your offers. Are you making it super easy where people know exactly what you do, who you are, what you stand for, you know, what you're offering to where when they see that, where the, when they read, when they see, you know, go to learn more about you, they see like, oh, that's what she does. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, I need that. That's what you want them to be saying versus like, where's yes. the website? I can't find it. <laughs> like, yes. That's just yes. an, an automatic I, no. I recently connected with a, a, a marketing guru marketing for websites is her specialty Mm -hmm. and she does like five minute free audits or something like that so we were just talking about it and she was using my website as an example and so she pulls up my website and she says okay within two to three seconds exactly what you're saying i should be able to know how do i connect with you further and what do you do and Mm -hmm. so without even scrolling right she literally just pulled up the web page on her computer and there was one call to action, which was book a call. And then there was a nice, strong, like, boom of this is what I do basically. Mm -hmm. Um, so I passed the test. Thankfully it's not my first (laughs) website, but it made me think about how many websites I've landed on where similar to what you're saying, like you search all over and you're, you're clicking on this page and the next page. And the bottom line is they're not going to get that far because now they've already left. It's too much. Yeah. Or there's so Mm -hmm. many offers and they're like, I don't know which one even fits me or what I'm doing, or there's so much copy, you know, people think like, add copy, add copy, add copy. And really what it does for us when we see like blocks of text like this, immediately we're like, oh, I'm back in school and I have to read through this thing and figure out what's going on, (laughs) you know? So anyways, that's just design stuff. But anywho, thank you for all of that. All of, you know, your wisdom and everything that you have shared with us. really appreciate you hopping in here. And, um, you know, one thing I like to do at the end of my podcast is if you could leave an action step. So what would you say, like one or two action steps for someone who is ready to set their business up, organize it to scale? Yes. Well, I'll give two to go along basically with kind of our two main topics. And the first would be Please figure out one proposal that you will be using. Even if you're still at the custom phase of your business, at least template it, whether that's in Canva and you're really going to make it look nice and sexy, go into Canva. There's already (laughs) there for you, but you could customize it and then simply use that going forward every time. Um, I would give yourself a 24 hour deadline. So if you've been on a call with a client, within 24 hours, that's being pretty gracious. I would actually maybe go less than that, but start, start small, um, 24 hour turnaround time that that client should have a a proposal from you in their inbox. And then action item number two would be to rework whatever your current offering is. So even if you're not a la carte, maybe you're still a packaged price, you're probably too low. So look at what you could add to what I like to call that value stack, right? What are those things that are inside of your offer uh, that maybe you could tweak or change or add some things to then help you increase that price a little bit higher? Um, So just taking a few little moments to to rework your current offer. And I think those two things uh, would really change uh, the next couple of weeks of your business for sure. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much for those tips. And where can we find you online? Right now, my website is the best place to find me. It will direct you to anywhere else in the interwebs. So www.thelux-way.com. 
Nice. Perfect. Thank you again. Thanks, Amy Jo. Aw, oh, man, this episode's over, but that's okay. You can come hang out in the Digital Product Female Entrepreneurs Facebook group, hang out with thousands of us making digital products, creating awesome, cool things, and selling them to the world. Come get inspired. Come hang out with us. There's thousands of us there, and we cannot wait to support you. Now, if you need some ideas on digital products that you can create and sell, go to herownmagic.com and download my freebie. It's 65 digital products you can create and sell by this weekend. It is waiting for you there. Go check it out. And you have an amazing week. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you next time. Go create your own magic.